Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. This is the unique from Embree Creations with your awesome host, this guy. This guy. This guy. In this podcast, alternative lifestyles are given a voice. And now. And now. The man behind the brand. Hello, my name is Fernando from Embree Creations, and I'm here with Daniel Blake here, who owns a schoolhouse studio where he mixes and produces fellow artists, musicians, whatever you want to call it, in the Westmoreland County. So, Daniel, um, you can say hello. Hello. There we go. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, no problem. Man. Nice to have you yeah, out in the yeah, country yeah. here. There's a, <laughs> there's a plethora of background noises that might fire at any time. There's a chicken coop out the window, and <laughs> fireworks are legal in Pennsylvania now, so <laughs> be, be ready for anything. But uh, that's the charm of the place, right? Yeah, yeah. We're outside the city. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, Daniel, I've been watching you for a very, very long time, and you've mm. came a long way, and now look at you. You're working with musicians nonstop. Yeah. So, like, what made you choose to become a music producer? Like, how did it all begin? Walk me through it. Well, when I was a kid, my parents introduced us to all sorts of things. So, started with baseball and uh, school performances of all kinds, you know, plays, recitals, choir, things like that. They wanted to expose us to everything and see what we like. So, um... I liked the piano lessons the most, so I stuck with that for a while. And uh, then I learned to play guitar when I was about 13, and I learned at my church how to play most of the common pop instruments. So I just kind of kept studying music at that point in my life. And in high school, I had a music theory class with a doctor of music who taught there, and we were really lucky to have him. And uh, that changed my life. I got that book for that class. It was the textbook. And we didn't even make it through it in the class, but I took it home and I read it on my own time. Mm -hmm. And I reread that probably two or three or four times. Wow. And so everything for me really started as a musician in school and at church. And after high school, I was doing flooring and I kind of wanted to do something else with my free time. And so I had a savings started and... um, I thought, hey, what would happen if I get a couple microphones and a, you know, a digital recorder? Wow. Yeah. Asked my brother one day on a flooring job. I worked with him mm-hmm. in that business. So this is a family business, this flooring It's a thing? family business, yeah. My dad started it wow. uh, 25 years ago. So um, it's definitely in the, in the family to, to do floors. So basically, like, you doing floorings all your life, basically, as a kid, but then one day you were like, you know what? This is not what I want to do with my life. I want to do music, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's I want a to produce. hard on the knees, you could say. I just wanted to try it. And honestly, I thought everyone in my family would be like, you're absolutely insane if you want to try something like that. And mm. to my surprise, they all said the same thing. Right. You should do it. So I invested in a couple microphones and some speakers. Most everything I invested in is still here. I actually still run the place on about 90% of what I got that day, that, you know, that time in my life. And yeah, so once I had the gear, that was when I was 18 and I just turned 29. So wow, it's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's been a steep learning curve too. I had no idea what I was doing back then. And that's how everything starts. No one knows what they're doing in the beginning, but then it just takes, it takes trial and error and then once yeah. you know your niche, you know what to, you know what to do. So you know. Yeah, and it evolves over time. Yeah. You know, I started out wanting to be a rock star, like a lot of people. 
Oh, really? Oh, of course. What did you do? <laughs> I wanted to be the fastest, best guitar player, and I got into a like a progressive metal band and embarrassed Met- myself in front metal? of metal crowds. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> wow. Metal and very poorly played fast guitar in front of crowds. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think no one else was willing to, you know, put on a. I really, I knew inside I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Right. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know the theory to be like that until many years after, but yeah. Well, you were young, so you know. We all do stupid yeah. things when we were young. Yeah. Like, uh, I remember, like, when I was young, like, um, <laughs> I was, like, like, you know I do music, too. Like, I remember when I was, I, I was, like, in a Little Wayne phase. So, like, nice, yeah. I, was, <laughs> I was in, like, 10th grade and, like, um, talent show thing. Yeah. Which was cool and all, but, like. There's a firework. Yeah. Uh, like, I was <laughs> doing this song, and I decided to make my voice go high. And I, I thought it would be cool to do a rhyme since, like, a lot of, like, Lil Wayne, his voice kind of high. I thought, like, hmm, maybe I should rap higher. And, like, I did that, and people liked it. I don't know why. That's really cool. I, I'm looking back, and I'm looking at it, and I was like, what the heck were you doing? <laughs> you were trying to copy someone that was good at the other day but that's what people mistake like if you copy someone that's cool that's a hit but if their niche dies that means you're going to kill your career as well you know what i'm saying Mm, when you copy people so it's best to be original so we all do stupid stuff when we're young yeah so that's that's my story yeah Um, thanks when i when i did yeah i don't feel as uh feels alone now in my posing career <laughs> as a teenager. So speaking of uh, things we do back then, um, mm-hmm. what are some hurdles that you personally face when you were starting this all up and how did you overcome them? Well, the first and main one that anyone faces, I think, is starting a business is money. <laughs> Believe me, I understand that. Yeah, unsurprisingly. So like I was telling you, when you got here, I've been... It's not glamorous, but I've been flushing my toilet with buckets for for five years in the studio, and everyone who's been here knows that well. Honestly, when I started, there wasn't even a toilet in there that worked. There's people peeing on trees. It was crazy. So it's been a slow growth financially. I would say that was a challenge, but it also made it kind of fun because, you know, being in a studio where you have to go outside and pee on the trees seems excessively inconvenient at first, but later on it becomes... A talking point, a memory. Yeah, you know, it's a good story to tell. Yeah, these are kind of like the good old days already. Yeah. So yeah, I would say finances, though. Again, it created so many good moments that it never was too hard, you know. And yeah, uh, the main challenge, other than that, is just what we all face as people: just getting over your own mental challenges, you know. Right. Yeah. Speaking of that, like, I know there's a lot of people out here that want to be like, do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what do you think, what do you believe that in this career that people mess up starting out that help, that makes them possibly fail in this? Well, when I was preparing, I read kind of two sets of books, sort of split down the middle. And one half of the books were technical books about audio and production and engineering and things like that. Yeah. Uh, The other half of the books were things like interpersonal communication. I read a book by Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Books like that, uh, all the titles are escaping me, but you get the idea. (laughs) Books about human relationships and and fostering a a good business environment. And and it helped that my parents were small business owners themselves, you know. 
Right. And that I grew up my whole life on these flooring jobs, seeing how to communicate with total strangers who were paying you for a service, you know? Yeah, so I, I would say, I think the biggest oversight in, in this service and probably really any small business that you might miss at the beginning is that your bedside manner is everything, how you treat people. Right. I think that's true across the board. You know, sometimes people bring in stories of experiences with other engineers that aren't quite so pleasant. And so, you know, I guess that's something, maybe that's something that some yeah. of the guys and girls out there are are missing, at least early in their career, you know? Well, yeah, because a lot of people I've noticed, like, try to open a business. They want to be all professional. And yeah, it, that's that's good and all. But, like, mm -hmm. you also have to be a human being. You don't want to be, like, a robot in a suit and tie that's like, yeah. Hi, hello, uh, I'm, um, I own uh, production. Um, do you want to do this with me? Like, no one's yeah. going to want to talk to you. So you got to be right. open with them. Like, hey, how are you doing today? You know, uh, I hear your music. Like, talk about what they do. Like, show that you're free. You know, like, you're interested. Yeah. Not just you're after their money. It's like you're yeah. interested in them as a person. Then yeah. pitch what you do. Yeah, that's a big deal. And to be honest, you know, I didn't really have a choice given my circumstances. Because if I would have had a, a suit and a tie on and a business contract, Mm -hmm. but then said you have to pee on a tree you know? <laughs> <laughs> there that wasn't gonna happen yeah. so it had to be you know i was almost overcompensating for my lack of just about everything in the beginning right you know i had to try to be the friendliest face i could because you know i didn't have enough equipment and i didn't have a bathroom and i didn't have heating or cooling or anything so it was i gotta try and give these people something valuable because I really right. was passionate about recording music and mm -hmm. yeah so that's that so speaking of music um, mm -hmm. recording people what would you say is your proudest album you could put any album like in a frame and put on the wall uh -huh. or even a single like which song or album is your proudest oh man well this is where I risk making everyone hate me that I don't mention. <laughs> no, it's all good. You're being real, man. I would say, um, you know, I like all different ones for different reasons, but if I would have to sum up all the factors and say there's one. Yeah, I see all of them all right here. Uh, yeah, they're all above the chalkboard here on display, sort of. You know, I recently finished an album with a local act called Derek Woods Band. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, and we were just at their show yeah, the yeah, past yeah, weekend right. together. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you can see those guys can play yeah and you know derek's just a really really nice guy yeah the level of musicianship in the band is just incredible and yeah. they all came in they knew what they wanted they knew how to play what they wanted the job went really well and and you know again that's not to cut anybody else I, there's no, everyone on the wall i i've never really had a bad experience fingers crossed so is this like the only thing you ever wanted to do? Like, was there other types of professions that you want to at least attempt? Are you curious about doing anything else or only this field? Yeah, this is absolutely not <laughs> the only thing I wanted to try. In fact, there was a really pointed time uh, around when I was 18 years old that I swore I would never get near microphones and all this annoying That's equipment. very ironic. Yeah, I just thought it was, you know... We've all seen studio performances, videos like on YouTube, say, of a band you like, you look up an in-studio performance. And I remember looking at those walls of gear and saying, that looks so ridiculous. I would never want to know what all of those do. Mm -hmm. But 
Yeah, I, I wanted to be all kinds of things, uh, mm-hmm. but mostly a rock star. But yeah, <laughs> there was a time in there where I wanted to be a paleontologist and study dinosaur bones. <laughs> that was in kindergarten. <laughs> I showed up to the career fair in a, in a safari vest and a hat with a magnifying glass. <laughs> all the other kids were, um, you know, police uniforms and uh, yeah. firefighting uniforms. They said, what in the world are you and I'm a paleontologist. Well, that was like a million dollar word for a kindergartner. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I've always been different, I guess. So, um, all, you seem like a funny guy. You ever been interested in like maybe voice acting or any type of comedy or cause judging by your personality, you seem like a musical type of dude, to be honest, a comedian or something. A comedian. Uh, no, maybe late at night watching a Netflix special three years ago or something. I had a passing thought, <laughs> but never, never wanted to be a comedian. Uh, all right. Just, <laughs> but thanks for thinking I'm funny. That's nice. Yeah. Because um, like I remember when I was little, like actually I wouldn't even mind trying it out. Back then, my idol when it comes to comedy was Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah. And everything he did. I literally replicated when I was a kid. Like that dude was my idol, and I was like, "Oh wow!" Like, can, can you do some Ace Ventura? Uh, Ace. Oh my <laughs> god. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> uh crap. Uh, I haven't seen that in a long time. Oh, I have seen it earlier today. I'm trying to think of something. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something. Yeah, uh, it's the best movie. Oh my god, the Pet Detective. Oh my uh-huh. gosh. Uh, I'm trying to think of something. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking. Alrighty then. That's his big line. Alrighty then. <laughs> that deep voice, man. <laughs> That's what kills it. Okay, I got off track here. Um, so have you yourself ever thought about making an album? Because I remember you were saying you were a rock star. Like, do you have any albums at all, or maybe a single, or mm. anything at all? Like, uh, I sing background vocals on albums that I work on pretty commonly. So, again, I grew up singing in church. So, mm-hmm. you know. It's definitely something I'm capable of, at least to a reasonable. You know, the more I did engineering, the more I really just fell in love with it. And doing my own sort of art took a back seat. I did do one song some years ago. Uh, it was a single I released, Spotify and all those things. It was just a nostalgic song about a girlfriend I had when I was 15, 16-ish, say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a song that's about just different adventures and things I had with her family. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was a lighthearted relationship, but a fun one, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, can you, would you mind uh, maybe singing a little bit? Or do you feel shy to show that you can, <laughs> you can sing? Very much shy. Yeah, although my girlfriend Crystal and I are talking about writing again. We did an acoustic duo for a while uh-huh. called Of Winter. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we're looking to write some more songs like that. So. Wow. Yeah, so we performed out a handful of times, and that'll be your chance. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. So um, what would you say that you're not very good at? Like, have you ever noticed yourself that, like, you look at yourself that makes you say, all right, man, this this needs, this, this needs to stop. Like, this needs to stop. <laughs> um, the first nine years of my 10-year career. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not good at lots of things, but I, even related to my own career path, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure you know what it's like as a visual artist, clothing designer and all that. Yeah. Everything I did before this morning, I 
it just seems outdated, not good enough to me. And well, even what I did this morning is not good enough now. It's almost eight o'clock. So <laughs> yeah, I think like most people, I feel incompetent most of the time <laughs> and just do it anyway because I like it. So oh, hey, you're a grown man. You can do what you want. So, always yeah. learning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> always learning. <laughs> so like, tell me something that you believe is true that nobody agrees with on. Like we all have our own beliefs and certain things that people think is like, nah, nah. So what's yours? Mm, controversy, huh? Mm-hmm. I think I'll go something career related here again, which might be a far stretch, a visual guy, but there's a big debate in the recording industry about what kind of equipment you use. Mm-hmm. There's a big split between a lot of people as far as if you're using this older analog recording technology. Right as opposed to newer digital technology, yeah. computer-based. Right. I, uh, I have a really strong liking for the digital world. I think it is amazingly flexible and amazingly helpful. And, and my view is that even in your field, computers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the limitations of all of our heroes was their equipment, you know, in both right. fields. And I think as far as the engineers and designers of equipment over the decades, where we are now is sort of where they would have hoped to have been. I think the computer is the natural end result of, of trying to make the best medium we can for, say, recording or editing. Right, because like back yeah. then, like you had to have all this fancy equipment, the, music, the, uh, the mixer, yeah. the sure. microphones. Yeah, um, yeah. The the dashboard, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. But now it's like we have all of this in the, in the palm of our hands, and our, even our phones. Like you can do everything you could in an expensive studio just in the palm yeah. of your hand. Yeah, like it's a incredible. It, yeah, right. And and there were a, there was a long time where I I looked down on that. And, mm-hmm. You know, I thought, well, that's not real audio, and all these kids. You know, yeah. I took on the view of people twenty to fifty years older than me. You right. know, and. So there was a long time where I thought there was something to the analog world, but you know, then I ended up getting a mixing desk, which you see over there. Yeah. Um, that's one from 1972, and it's uh, really hand- yeah, and it's a handmade model from Japan. It's a beautiful board, great Craigslist find, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, using that really educated me on why computers are, in my opinion quite superior and also uh, when I took a trip to Nashville to work down in a studio for a week it was loaded up with tens of thousands of dollars of equipment and that really educated me as well you know I got locked in the studio one day by the engineer he left me in there to play with anything I wanted wow uh, he said I'm just gonna lock you in for three hours and I said thanks man that's like Christmas you know (laughs) and so I would pull up you know I would have the real version say of an analog box sitting in front of me and then a digital replication on the screen of that same thing emulated by a computer. And Mm -hmm. I just went back and forth and back and forth trying to figure out, you know, am I really missing something? And the worlds are certainly different. My strong opinion, I guess, that could be controversial is I'm totally sold on computers. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. The the things that you can do today compared to how, what we had to go through Mm -hmm. and breaking and and giving an arm and leg back then just to do one thing, whereas today it's so convenient anymore. It is, yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, like, you were telling me, like, when you were in, you were young, you were making stupid, you were doing stupid things, and, like, yeah. you being a musician and doing whatnot, 
but I noticed that you didn't tell me what happened in high school. What was what was it, what were you like in high school? How would you describe yourself? Hmm. Very insecure with a side of awkward. I would say, <laughs> I, I was a mess of a youth, really. Not not in the sense I got myself into too much trouble, but you know, if I could have just known that. I didn't have to spend so much time making sure that everyone liked me. I yeah. I would have had an easier ride. I guess I would say that. Yeah, that's just how it is in high school. Like we always worry about what people think about us instead of what we ourselves think about ourselves. Like that's what messes people up. Like yeah, sure. If you want to yeah. do anything in life, you gotta not worry about what people think because whether you like it or not, people are gonna judge and, and think like that, whether you're grown or not. So yeah. But when you're young, everything is like the end of the world. Like yeah. one, you can so you true. you can yeah. you can like lose you can lose the last cookie in the cookie jar and all of a sudden oh my god <laughs> no that was supposed to be mine <laughs> you know it's like it's yeah. ridiculous we're all we're all emotional our hormones are are through the roof and anything we see we just want to go nuts on you know giggity but like <laughs> you know family guy reference <laughs> hopefully that's not a that's not a lawsuit <laughs> I don't uh, think so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I get it. So does this run in your family or are you the only one that thinks that that likes music? Like I never you tell me you were in the mm. choir and whatnot, but does anyone else uh, um, do music as well or is it just you? Yeah, so my grandparents were multi-instrumentalists, kind of like me. They played fiddles and banjos and guitars, mandolins. They were mm-hmm. sort of bluegrass, as you can imagine from that list. I would not expect that. Yeah, yeah, they were really something and they had a family band and they would sing harmonies and things now my parents directly they're not so musical i'd say my dad would have been if he would have pursued it i just don't think he had the chance he loves music he's got a very nice voice you know so in my direct family not so much my brothers both played mm-hmm. piano when i did and they were both very good at it as well and um mm-hmm. my younger brother's pursuing it again now as a hobby so i think all of uh, my brothers are you know equally talented in that regard it's just a matter of development yeah i understand like even like you know my family like uh i come from a long line of uh musicians on my dad's side of family, wherever the hell he is mm-hmm. but uh on my dad's side of family, as far as last time we used to, we talked like you know Hey Fernando, like you come from a, a long, a long line of musicians. A lot of them would used to play the drums, used to sing. That oh, oh wow! And my yeah. mom, like even everyone in her family, they can at least play one instrument, oh, sing wow. as well. And she was a musician for a while herself, and then she just stopped. What does she play? She can play the piano really well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, she plays the piano, which which is why I got my piano hands. These are her hands, but uh, <laughs> I um, that. but uh, yeah. Hip hop hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, she did R and B music, like, really? Yeah, and she even had one single out. Like back in the day, like you can sell like music from your car. So what she did was really slick. So what she did was she took a CD, and back then you can take a. There were CD players, you know, mm-hmm. those CD boom boxes, everything back then. Yeah. Uh, so there was a boom box in like electronics area, and she took her CD, her single, and she put it in the boom box, and it played through the. Uh, speakers through the store hmm. and what happened was it was so good apparently like someone was saying oh my god where, you, where is this song coming from mm-hmm. and she would promote herself that way and she can talk she knows how to talk her way to things like she talked to this 
radio station and she was able to get her song that way. I don't know how she did it. Like she hmm. was, she, she was literally on the radio and yeah. she was, we were like listening to it in the car and that right there, she was like, Oh my gosh, I did it. And she, she was so happy. But then sadly she gave it up because she didn't have that much support. And she thought that mm, maybe I can't do it because I'm old or well, she, when she wasn't old, she just didn't have much confidence in herself, you know? Hmm. And so like, that's where people mess up like if you don't have confidence in yourself you're not going to believe it you know it's not going to happen like Mm -hmm. in order for you to do anything in life you're going to be unconfident at first but you can't let anyone see that like even if you mess up on stage like don't tell them some a lot of times the mistakes that people do do are the things that people like you're right you know the human element yeah right so you know nothing has to be perfect all the time you know you just gotta just try it's trial and error, and if it doesn't work out, oh well, do something else, you know, don't just give it up, or, or, or if you can't, this is what I tell people all the time, if you have a dream, and it doesn't work out, don't just throw it away, like, I get on people all the time, mm-hmm. do it as a hobby, do it as a side, don't just mm-hmm. put it in the closet, and just let it rot, right, like, keep on going with it, you don't have to let it go just because you're not able to make an income with it, it's yeah. what you love to do, you know, yeah. and just, do it as a hobby and find something else to pursue if you can't make it happen. Yeah. So, like, uh, that's why I tell people all the time. Like, if you have a dream, don't just, there goes noise in the background. That's if, you have, <laughs> if you have a dream, don't let it die. And if it's right. not meant to be, do it as a hobby. Don't just let it sit there. Or let it evolve, too. Yeah, like let in it my grow. Case, you know, yeah. it's, I never got famous playing music, mm-hmm. um, but engineering for me is is uh you know for now a viable a viable career so yeah um that's sort of an evolution of a of, a, of an interest you know i'm still working with music uh, right. every day it's just yeah i'm on the other side of it now right you know so so um what is your greatest memory growing up as a child other than what you've told me like what is what would you say is the greatest childhood memory hmm, as a child well my parents would take us camping almost every weekend to a place about five minutes down the road we had a permanent site there with a trailer on it and Mm. it was a simple thing you know looking back it was a really humble simple place to vacation you know Mm -hmm. but as i've gotten older i really treasure that you know we would be in nature there i'd go fishing with my my dad or my brothers Uh, there was a swimming pool there lots of woods so I got to know acres and acres of woods like the back of my hand. And it was really nice to go on adventures with friends that we made there. You know, my brothers and I, we'd get lost in the woods for 10 to 12 hours at a time mm-hmm. and have these adventures and these made up worlds and sword fight with sticks and the whole bit. So I would say that kind of stuff shaped me. Right. I really. Sounds peaceful. Very peaceful. Sounds like you had a really good family too. Sounds like you had a very loving family. Oh that unbelievably so it's and like you were saying with confidence you know even when you don't always believe in yourself i would add in you know sometimes when the people around you believe in you enough they can sort of get you through the seasons where you don't you know Mm because both my family and crystal have been absolutely instrumental to my success Mm -hmm. because you know they've been there for me when i'm like what what am i doing this for is this ever going to be anything Mm -hmm. you know I've been around people who say, keep going, and we believe in you and see what, see what happens. Mm-hmm. So 
but that's a that's a great great blessing you know not everyone not everyone gets that kind of launch pad so right yeah the fireworks Fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, nice serious moment there and then yeah then that bang bang bang. (laughs) yeah (laughs) so um any new projects you're working on or any sneak peeks we can get or is there anything in the hush hush stage (laughs) well there's always stuff moving through here Mm -hmm. so i say that very gratefully Mm -hmm. at the moment I just finished working with this guy called Jack Martin hmm. out of Scottsdale. He is, uh, he's a life-changing kind of guy. He, he writes all these songs about nature. He smokes, right. smokes out of a corncob pipe. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he plays the acoustic guitar. And he's got this big, boomy voice, kind of like you. And he sings these folk songs. Absolutely beautiful wow. music. So right. working on that. And um, I'm working with a band of young guys called Calber right now. Hmm. They are a really brilliant trio, bass, drums, and guitar. Wow. They make a heck of a lot of music for young guys. So, yeah, that's two things I have going on right now. Wow. Yeah. What are your goals or the next steps in the future? Like, obviously, you want to build something bigger, right? What do you see yourself doing five years from now? Or Hmm. where are you going to be at? I do want to build something maybe bigger, but not necessarily too big. (laughs) <laughs> not like I, a label yeah maybe not i i'm enjoying the ride and i just want to keep meeting new artists and new people and i mean even guys like you in the network of just creatives right just meeting people and doing things like this i just want to keep keep uh, helping people make their music and uh mm-hmm. i'm also a, a family man so you know yeah i'd like to get married and start a family at some point in the future so we all dream that that's the, yeah was the as they call the American dream, but I like to say that's just everybody's dream, you know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why people label it the the American dream. Yeah. Just it's label a, it the dream, you know. Yeah. When we grow up, at some point, we want to have a family and have mm-hmm. our own. If we want to have kids, you know, have sure. kids and be happy, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what it is. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, any advice you have to those who want to become a music producer? Yeah, I would say treat people really really well which i hope i've always done and continue to do and also hope that good people come across your doorstep to record with you because when i started out my rock star complex carried into engineering and i wanted to be all of a sudden the world's best engineer Mm -hmm. (laughs) which it took me a few years to realize is a meaningless pursuit without recording the world's greatest bands so i've been really fortunate that I've gotten bands who can play and have good material and that's that's really it it's all about the performers and it's all about the band and and serving their vision and being there for them and so that'd be my biggest piece of advice is is serve the band and and not your idea of what top engineer x has in his microphone locker or (laughs) what his uh, drum mixing technique is yeah well that's all i got for now so that's all i got period so it's been a blast thank you i appreciate you giving me the opportunity to interview it's yeah been, man it's been really fun really really fun i appreciate you trekking out here to the to the country to yeah, I lo- yeah i love this place it's really cute this little little school yeah <laughs> it's literally a little schoolhouse that has frolic because y'all can't see it so it's literally like a little schoolhouse there's a little chalkboard and all the 
the album was on top of it and the little mix board and his computer and speakers, couches you can, like we're on the couch right now, like couches you can just relax on, a little microwave, heat your food, water, and a little bathroom that the toilet actually works. It does work. uh, Starting starting yesterday, it uh, does work. A drum set, a bunch of guitars. It's really, really nice. So it's really beautiful here. Very peaceful too in the country. Thank you, man. Thank you for coming out. Thanks for featuring me on your podcast yeah no problem man yeah well that's all we have for now pre-orders will be available soon if interested what my shirts look like follow me on instagram at ambric underscore creations on instagram or you can follow me on my facebook page ambric creations and also if you want to check out daniel blake's instagram page yeah you can find me on instagram under daniel blake production or my website is danielblakeproduction.com, so no S. Well, that's all we have for now, and thanks for listening, everyone. I appreciate it. Love you all, and much love.